Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Hi, Mary. Hi. (laughs) It's good to be back with you. I'm loving this new music bed that you've created for us to crawl Uh into before we start our conversations. Been in the studio for hours. I had to write it, (laughs) produce it. It's been a lot. (laughs) LA, here I come. Oh my goodness. I wish. Well, I have to say that um, everyone knows that my dog is one of my favorite therapists and she's laying here beside me and she had a sad um, visit to the vet. They had to shave her back end. (laughs) We've all been there, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was telling the vet like, it's so funny that I take her in for anything because I don't take my kids in really for much at all. Yeah. But I was realizing like, she doesn't really have a voice. So I think it's kind of my way of like helping her, you know, just get enough resources and yeah. Well, and if you didn't do something, I would kidnap her and take her in myself because mm. she is extra special. That's for sure. I mean, the kids are great, Absolutely. but she's like next level. That's next funny. level. Oh, anyways. Okay. Well, I am so thrilled about sharing one of our dearest friends with Mm -hmm. our whole survivor community. Um, Mandy Pearson is with us today. Hi, Mandy. Hi. Thanks for having me today. Yay. (laughs) This has been a long time coming. I've wanted to have you on our podcast for hmm, a couple years. And I just think it's great timing because you have been one of the biggest cheerleaders to the Unleash survivor groups that we launched a little over a year ago. You've been helpful through the whole process. And then you've led probably about half you've co-led mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. half of um, the online support groups that go with it. And it's just been such a great experience um, for so many survivors. I know that they've walked away and sent me emails about Mandy was so great and she's changed my whole perspective on this or helped me love myself again or all these things. So I am just really grateful to have had this journey with you and walking with so many survivors that I love. Thank you for loving on them. Yeah. Thank you for including me. I um, really love those groups so much and um, it's been really fun for me. And I was even thinking last night about how much care you put into like every word of that um, workbook and and everything and sitting neurotic, maybe (laughs) Maybe. like, should there be a period here or an exclamation point? (laughs) (laughs) And it was so, I was thinking about like being in your backyard and listening to you, like Mm -hmm. share that with us for the first time. And um, it's really fun to have seen it come full circle and see people benefit from your paying attention to all the details. That's so Mm, great. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. It takes a village and I'm just grateful for both you and Mary and so many others that have just poured into just believing in the visions that I get (laughs) and want to put out there and just being willing to step into different roles and, and support it. But you have been 
um, a major leader at this point in um, helping us lead the groups. And it's it's been really, really cool to see so many survivors just truly become unleashed in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been remarkable to see that. Yeah. So I, one of my favorite topics now that I've kind of, you know, dove in with it myself and my healing journey is something that I feel like you're really good at talking about. And that is a topic of boundaries. Mm, So that'll be fun today, but I wanted to bring us back. We did a special holiday survival zoom. It was a support group for any survivor who'd gone through our unleash e-course um, that they had an opportunity to sign up for one night pre-Christmas during the holidays, like holiday survival. And probably the topic that everybody wanted to run with that entire hour and a half, 90 minutes was um, my family drives me crazy. I don't know how to say no. I'm doing all these horrible things, going, traveling to other cities Mm. to be in homes. I can't stand. I hate myself during the holidays. Like it was all of this stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a really, really major thing for so many survivors. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Like we grew up with no boundaries. We, we weren't allowed to have them. People um, forced themselves into our world and we didn't know how to say no. We didn't know if we were allowed to say no. And in fact, we couldn't say no. And so it makes sense why it's a problem, but I've learned like, as we can practice boundaries, as we can learn like where we begin and where we end and to be able to rid ourselves of the guilt of it it's life-changing. <laughs> it so really I want, is. Yeah. yeah. I would love to kind of just like unpack this topic a little bit with you and um, being sensitive to those who are listening that this is a real struggle. And, you know, I think we all get that. I get that, you know, I've had a pattern of codependent relationships in my life. Um, I felt like I couldn't say no. I felt like as a Christian, Like it was my duty to basically be a doormat to everyone until I really learned what it was like. So I don't know if you could kind of just start us off, Mandy, and and just um, acknowledging that, but then maybe giving a little bit of your take on, you know, why is it so hard and where do we begin? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's all really great. I think, um, so I, I want to confess as we get started that I am wildly stubborn about my boundaries and (laughs) (laughs) um uh, anyone who knows me and is listening is like shaking their head like I'm glad she said it first but um you know I I grew up with enough boundaries that I was safe in a lot of ways but in in other ways there were few expectations that were verbalized like no one was saying this is what we do we just were all kind of doing what we do instead of ever having a conversation about it and um so I'm a trauma therapist I've done that for a really long time and as over the years as I've sat with people so much of what I hear is just being uh stuck in a place of not being able to not just say no, but to step back and say, 
is this still okay for me? Does this still Mm -hmm. work for me? Mm -hmm. Do I still need to be doing it? Do I still have to be responding this way? And, and even just recalibrating a little bit. um, I kind of laugh, like when I hear people who have big families are like sections of divorce and they're telling me their Christmas plans. And I'm like, you're stopping at eight places for Christmas Mm -hmm. with your kids. And like, have like we'll sleep in a car on the way there and you know all of these sort of things that just set you up to be exhausted and cranky and wishing you were at home in your pajamas and people who haven't necessarily taken the time to just reassess instead we typically add on right Mm -hmm. um and I I noticed you know in the questions that we've received and in the feedback that And in the survivor groups, the number one word that comes up is guilt as it relates to boundaries. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, in this past week, you had collected some questions on your Instagram. And then I also on my socials had collected questions that we wanted to ask and talk about. And for you and for me, the majority of those questions surrounded, but I feel guilty by saying, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. do I rid myself of that guilt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Selfish. I feel selfish for doing that. I feel right? selfish. I feel uh-huh. guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, well, we, you know, we may get into this a little bit more, but for me, when I started to take stock of my own life and what was the priority and um, how I really wanted to show up, mm-hmm because I'm going to disappoint people like all the time and you're going to disappoint people when you set up your own boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I sat back and I thought, I really don't like who I am when I show up somewhere out Mm -hmm. of expectation or obligation. Yeah. I don't want to socialize. I feel like I'd rather be somewhere else. And and I think that's pretty impossible to hide, <laughs> whether we want to admit that or not. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think as I, you go further down in your healing, for many of us, we wear that mask of happiness and perfection and all of that. And it's killing us because on the inside, we're just dying and we hate it, but we're yeah. still portraying that. But as you begin to heal, I think layers come off. And part of the layer is that fake mask. Like, once you're really walking the healing road, you want authenticity. We crave that. I think as survivors, we want to be real mm-hmm. and we want others to accept us as the true us beneath the mask. Right. And so then yeah. as we're healing, we're showing up and now we actually do have, you know, a resting bitch face <laughs> and like, <laughs> wait a minute, like, how can I show up and not bring this face here? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many times the, the, the people that we feel guilty for disappointing, we actually really love these people, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like I need to cut them out completely, but I have to manage the energy that I have. And Mm -hmm. so I love to just pick specific things to show up for and, you know, and be really thoughtful about that and plan a little bit more and show up like, with enthusiasm, like yeah. I love to be reconnected instead of, oh, mm-hmm. here we go again. And every Sunday we have to go to this place or whatever the rule right. might be for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because maybe like every eighth Sunday would be great. 
you know, and you can really, yeah. really show up truly as yourself and love that person and, and feel energized for that two hours. But mm-hmm. every Sunday, you're never going to have that. Right. <laughs> You'll never right. get to bring that best part of you. Yeah. Maybe. And, and I think the result of not saying no, of not setting limits every single time is resentment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Those people are really troubling me. I don't want to be around them. It's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And all the language we use, if we want to narrow it down is I resent that I have to meet these expectations that don't really feel like mine anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't say yes, authentically, we say yes, resentfully, right. Which leads to so many more problems if we just said no in the first place or, or right. said what we, we can do. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being honest. And, and I, I really do think it takes some self-reflection on your own priorities and what about this feels heavy or feels like it doesn't fit anymore mm-hmm. and kind of almost pep talking yourself to be able to have those tough conversations. Cause let me say, it's really hard to set boundaries and we are going to really upset some people in the process. So I never want to mislead and say, it's going to be a breeze. You're going to love setting boundaries, but Mm -hmm. eventually then it's really fun. (laughs) Well, and that's been my experience. It's, it's a practice like so many other things in life and especially in healing. It's like, it's a practice that becomes at first, it's really hard. And you'll have all the feelings, but like, once you get a taste of how good it feels to be a whole person and to have a voice, um, and to, and if you see that, you know, people will actually continue on in their life without you having said yes to that thing, like it, it becomes something you want to do more of, (laughs) Because you experience the freedom, you know, that comes mm-hmm. from that. Oh, yeah. I read, I read a quote that said that a boundary is being aware of what is unacceptable and normalizing saying no, that you do what's best for you. And you know that it's not your responsibility to sacrifice yourself for others. I think the sacrifice was the part that really hits me now is you know, I, I can learn to let my yes be yes and my no be no, but it goes farther than that in knowing what, what I'm saying yes to, what I'm saying no to. And is this a sacrifice that I'm willing to make? You know, how will this affect me? So looking past it and seeing what am I going to be like there? Am I going to be exhausted if I do it? Am I going to be like charged up and energized? Um, yeah. How will this affect my children? How will this affect my time? Will it put me behind, you know, all those things. And then to really be able to know and be firm with the boundary and then not set it and then fall back later because I wasn't strong. You know, it's like, it's really believing in yourself and not being able to sacrifice yourself um, for other people. Sorry, Mary. So funny. The topic of boundaries. I immediately feel like someone's choking me because being a people pleaser, I'm like, <laughs> I don't let it. Like, I know my body is screaming and my mind is screaming when I know I don't want to do a thing or I don't want to commit or I want a little bit more freedom. But like you guys were talking about practicing, I think especially with those safe people in your life that, you know, and I'm very close with both of you and I feel like I can truly be my authentic self and say, yeah, actually, I don't want to do that. Or, 
yeah, I just don't have the energy for that. And then getting the response that I deserve and I should receive back from safe people like you who are healthy, um, that gives us the courage to then eventually practice with the people outside of our super safe circle. So Mm. I think as you tiptoe out a little bit and you try it and like, oh, they didn't get mad and they're still talking to me and they still want to hang out eventually. Um, Uh It allows us to then try it with people, um, you know, that maybe don't feel as safe once we get the courage. um, Maybe be a little bit more bitey. A little bit. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thinking about that you can practice on safe people first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Mary, when you said that, I thought about like times that we haven't been able to get together for one reason or another and, or we would say like, okay, I have an hour here and you have 45 minutes and we'll match them up. And it's like, instead of doing that, just saying, I can't this week. Mm -hmm. And then we get a really good time to spend together. That's not like us sitting at the same table, but thinking about the other obligations that we had to turn down or push back and and get to at another point. And it's like, when I think of that, I'm like, well, would I rather eat a Lunchable (laughs) or go have a really good meal with someone and sit and savor and enjoy the time. Right. And like having like a better quality versus what we were able to have because it was Mm -hmm. just right there or what we had at our, at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. I love that. Being intentional. It's all about being intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, then, I mean, I think those are really great, like for that safe, the safe circle, right? But then you walk into the circles of people who you need to set a boundary because they are pushing things on you that are unsafe, right? You don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable around them. You, you know, you're maybe your parents are pushing you to, spend time at this extended family's house for a holiday. And like, you know, they have maybe said inappropriate things to you in the past. And now you're supposed to bring your children there or, you know, just different things like that. Um, You know, I think we have to really gauge what a boundary looks like and not feel bad about upsetting. So you may say, you know, I just, I don't want to do that. and, And that's fine. Um, but for them, they want all the reasons. And I think sometimes part of a boundary is not having to f- make other people understand your boundary. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many times that is what holds people back is wanting to set a limit and wanting people to understand. Yeah. And how many times that is just absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, for someone it's who like, doesn't respect a boundary mm-hmm. in the first place, how are you going to get them to understand it? <laughs> right, right. For someone who the thought has never crossed their mind to have a boundary, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to s- suddenly come in there and decide to shake that up a little bit and want understanding like that. That mm-hmm. is outside of what we have power and control over. Right. Yeah. The only power I have is to make the decision, whatever it may be to, to limit my time or not show up. And um, understanding is 
icing on the cake and we're probably not going to see a lot of that from people who've not experienced it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I even think about people who, you know, you might be around and it's really a draining experience. You walk away, maybe even feeling like they were gaslighting you about things, or you Mm -hmm. just feel exhausted or you just feel judged. You know, you just walk away feeling worse than you did when you showed up and setting a boundary with people like that. There's so many people, let's just be honest. There's so many people in the world who have no self-awareness. Like Mm -hmm. they probably walk away feeling like a million dollars and have no idea that you walk away feeling like a pile of (laughs) doo-doo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's so obvious to you, but they may have no clue. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing I've learned, Mandy, I didn't know if you could maybe kind of talk about this a little too, is that I've learned that it's not my responsibility to make them see what they're unwilling to see, or maybe not even capable of seeing in themselves. And I still have a right to my time to my energy, not being wasted, trying to get them to understand why I need a boundary with them. Sometimes I think healing just looks like letting go of that, letting go of the need to persuade people to help them see what I see, what I feel in this moment is good enough for me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, the topic of boundaries, we could spend all day because there are just so many kinds of boundaries. It is Mm -hmm. also a boundary to decide I'm not going to explain this to you. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I'm protecting my energy and frankly, at times my own sanity by not trying to get you to get it. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, Nicole, you were saying like being at an event and someone, you know, at a, maybe a family event and having someone kind of, overwhelm your energy and you're just like wanting to get out of it and they walk around like it was sort of a light interaction and mm-hmm. I want to go lay on the couch but noticing that how much energy we spend when we don't feel safe mm. it's like you notice it in your body first, probably like tension or a stomach ache or, or whatever. And you're having these interactions and then, and the whole time thinking, where am I in the room? Where are my kids? Where's my partner? Where's, you know, the person that I do feel safe with. I don't like being here with this person and the energy that takes from us is, I mean, it's exhausting and we leave an event or party, whatever, and think, man, I am so wiped out. Mm-hmm. it's not just like I'm tired. It's mm-hmm. that my body's been on alert for the last half a day and yeah. I have to recuperate. Uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So if I could share something even personal here, um, you know, it just reminds me of my journey of healing where, you know, for years and years and even still, I can feel really triggered going on like family vacations because so much of my abuse occurred Um, on family vacations. My stepfather abused me a lot when we would go, you know, to hotels or to the beach or swimming in the hotel pool. Like it was 
a lot of my family members are full of the, that kind of thing. And so I didn't understand why I was always so exhausted, so triggered. You know, I didn't want to do all the things that everybody wanted to do when we would do family vacations with extendeds and things like that. And just wanting so badly to show up and like be a good mom and like have these great experiences, but I just couldn't force myself. And so I had to look at why am I triggered? And then the fact that like, I am allowed to have a voice like Mary, you've walked with me through that quite a bit. Like I am actually allowed to like tell all the cousins, grandparents, aunts, uncles, go ahead and go watch that movie at that theater, go bowling. I'm actually just going to stay here and read in bed. Like that was never even something I thought I was allowed to do was mm-hmm. place that boundary to not show up for everybody else. I could start to show up for me. And then when they got back, when I started doing that, I felt so guilty. But I noticed when I started practicing that, when they would come back from whatever it was that I didn't feel like I had it in me to do, I was ready to go. I felt revived. I felt energized. And it wasn't even just the pulling away, which I think that was part of it. Um, and being with myself, but it was the fact that I um, was able to use my voice to say what I could do, you know, because as a child who was sexually abused, I didn't have, I had to do, I had to do right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to say what I will and won't and, and to listen to our bodies when it comes to boundaries, right. To be able to say, okay, this isn't sitting right with me and to know enough about what is good self-care for me in this moment to say, this is actually what I'm going to choose for me. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to practice all of that. And Nicole, when you said that, I thought about um, how much fun I have watching people enjoy their lives. And so if if you are on this vacation and it's better for you to rest and better for the group to go have fun, it's like, there's no guilt in that. Everyone got what they needed. Mm-hmm. Like everyone could enjoy their day, enjoy their vacation rather than keep participating in things that make them feel unsafe, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. irritable. Like, please don't ask me to go play putt-putt with you because... <laughs> you're going to want this vacation to be over. Like we get to decide what we enjoy and what we want to participate in. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, and this is kind of getting into the, the sort of trauma piece of it, but as you said, like you got to have a, you get to have a voice now and that is healing for the little Nicole who didn't Mm -hmm. get to have a voice. So every time we make a choice that protects who I am today, the other benefit of that is the healing and the protection of, of the kid that we were when these things may have happened or whatever stage of life. It's like, now you actually get to, to say and decide and, and exercise Mm -hmm. some of that, that you didn't as a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Part of the process is coming back to the questions from so many of our listeners about the guilt, you know, for a long time. I mean, like I said, this has been a real process for me. And for a long time, when I started to instill this and started to honor my body, honor the child within me that needed 
safety and rest mm-hmm. and to pull away and not have to say yes to everything. Um, I was met with, I mean, my in-laws passive aggressive comments, right? Like, of course they want me to be at all the things, but like to have to then battle someone being bothered by it was hard for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So there was another layer to walk through, not just finding my voice, not just listening, not just figuring out what I needed, but then it was like then doing it, but then having another layer of, okay, well, that's their issue, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and being strong enough within myself to overcome maybe an, um, a comment that might feel passive aggressive or like even gaslighting, making me think, well, I'm crazy or I'm making a bad Mm -hmm. decision or whatever. And then walking through it anyways, to the other side and realizing, well, that was their problem and they can deal with whatever feelings that they have. I'm still doing me because again, like you said, they're going to get the best version of me if they honor this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, all of the, the ways that we're managing our boundaries and watching people respond to them. I always say to um, clients and people I'm working on this with, the people are going to be upset. Let's set the expectation. No one is yes. going to be so excited that you finally have boundaries. That's right. Like, that's <laughs> just not how it works. Right. Um, Darn it. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to throw a party for that. Right. But mm-hmm. so often I hear um, in, in various things that the people who benefit from you not having the boundaries are going to be the most upset when you do. Yeah. And that just really stings. And it's like exceptionally hard because they are people that we love usually. Yeah. Usually they're in our home. They're living with us, <laughs> right? They're benefiting from us having absolutely no boundaries, doing everything for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> they benefit. And, and also I, I can't say this enough. The resentment that we grow by not having boundaries inevitably shows up in our relationships. We cannot have just a free for all with our energy, give it to everyone else and expect that we'll never have a sour feeling about it. That's why people like, see socks right beside the hamper and lose their minds over it because that's right. It's not the socks girl. Like there's always these other things that happen to lead to that moment. Right. So, um, just protecting our relationships. If we think about boundaries as a way, not, not only to protect and heal ourselves, but protect our relationships, it gives us maybe a little bit of energy to walk forward in that disappointment that might come initially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been a lot of my experience as I've walked this out. I mean, I feel now I feel so whole coming into a lot of my relationships that I've been able to find my voice, listen to my body, um, pay attention to triggers, speak up, you know, show up authentically and be respected for it. Gosh, yeah. you just feel so much more whole versus like everyone's got a part of you and they're yes. just pulling you in all these directions. Yeah. It's worth yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if, you know, if we reverse it just a minute to kind of look at it from the other perspective, if I invite you to my house 
and it is the expectation that every Sunday you show up and we have a meal together. And that's just not realistic, right? But you're going to do it because I don't say no or, you know, whatever. And if down the road, if I'm the person with the expectation that you come to my house every week and down the road, I find out you didn't ever really want to be there or it would have been better for you to come a few times a year. I, that also hurts, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not pretend that it's not hurtful to find out that someone felt obligated to be around. Mm -hmm. That's very painful. I mean, I think we've all experienced some version of that where it's like, I wish you had told me, I wish you had said, I love spending time with you, but this is too much Yeah. so that we could have good time and that there wouldn't be resentment or any bitterness that crept in. Hey, Mary here. Nicole and I wanted to let you know that our next Unleash group begins in just a couple of weeks. Nicole and I will both be there leading you through an eight-week healing e-course and survivor community. We're capping the group at seven participants and have spots left in both the women's group and the men's group, and scholarships may be available for those in financial hardship. If you are a survivor of sexual abuse and are interested in deeper healing alongside others who understand, Unleash is the place for you. You belong here. Find out more or simply sign up at IamOneVoice.org. That's IamOneVoice.org. What do you think about, there was a question that we had um, about internal boundaries being just as important as external boundaries, you know, like good self-care, good self-talk, you know, we've got Mm -hmm. to have like boundaries, even with ourselves. Um, The question was like, what does that look like and how do we help put them in place? Do you have any thoughts on that? I've never actually really even thought about internal versus external boundaries. You just yeah, the external. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I would love to give that even more thought, but um, initially I think um, <laughs> the, the, in the self-talk part really stands out that the ways that we speak mm-hmm. to ourselves yeah. mm-hmm. and like, we would never, I mean, never utter those words about or to another human being. And even having um, a mechanism in place, like in your brain to notice when we're using like garbage words either to or about ourselves. Yeah. Because we're so accustomed to it that it's like, even just starting to notice it is going to have an impact on mm-hmm. how we're speaking to ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah. And that self-care piece is, you know, it's really funny when I think about that as a boundary, that's pretty remarkable, right? Just thinking about the way that I take care of myself um, as a boundary and noticing that means I have to decide what's important to me. Mm -hmm. Like it can't all be important or it doesn't work, (laughs) but I have to start noticing what is important to me. What, how do I want to spend my time? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, self-care is more than just like lavender and bubble baths. It's, 
preparing your meals or paying your bills on time or making sure things are in working order and uh, in your life. And, and it's not just like, Oh, I feel good now. It's like, how do I make myself sustainable? Right. Right. Yeah. Even I think one thing for me is like caring for my calendar, you know, like creating margin for myself, not overdoing it with that, Mm -hmm. which create, which means I need to set boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it's annoying to people literally. I think two days ago I told somebody, yeah, the next time I can grab coffee would be like about six weeks from now. (laughs) And I know it was so offensive. I said, when, when I said, I said, I know this is really offensive, (laughs) but literally that time frame that you have available, I just cannot until. Yeah. And yeah, I had to be okay with that. And if they're not, I'm sorry. That's their right? problem. Yeah. 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 It, I've started to do that too. And I've actually, this sounds really silly, but um, I have been writing on my, I keep a to-do list. Otherwise I would never get anything done, but I have been writing on my to-do list. Look at your calendar. Oh like, gosh. I need so, to have. So you can cross something off really quick. Mary probably well, does just that. Just so I cannot like get my, I can get ahead of myself and say yes a little too often or Uh, or Mm -hmm. allowing things to be like too close together or something. And, um, and I've gotten to the same place where I just have to say, I don't have a space for that until next month or, you know, Mm -hmm. this month isn't looking good for us. So yeah, it's, it's looking ahead and not putting yourself into binds and positions that, you know, later you're going to be mad about. Can we also just yeah. acknowledge the fact that we're getting older and I don't know about y'all, but I'm more tired than I used to be. I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity, even though I can look and I go, Oh, I only have one thing that day and one thing that day, but I'm not the little energizer bunny that can do seven <laughs> things in a day. Like I used to. And I have yeah. to check myself, Mandy, like you said, just being aware because in the moment I can feel ambitious and thinking I can do all that in one day and have energy to really talk with them and coffee and then run and do this and blah, blah, blah. But I have to check myself and realize, honey, you're not that girl anymore. Like I don't have that, that depth of energy. So, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. being cautious and intentional with our yes is so important for me. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, I hate to say this, but Um, I think a lot of people have had a shift in their energy in the last two years since the beginning of COVID and, um, people Mm -hmm. are still readjusting and maybe we don't go back to, I have seven appointments today after work (laughs) with different people. (laughs) (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a different kind of energy that we may not be able to sustain for very long. Mm -hmm. I also think that when I notice that the person I'm sitting with has squeezed me in between things, I have, I'm like, oh, I, I wish they weren't so busy. Mm-hmm. Or are they thinking about the thing that's next or still recuperating from the thing that they just came from? And mm-hmm. um, not to say, hey, I need you to clear your whole day for me, but... <laughs> Don't but be also, like Nicole and set end times because <laughs> end times has been a lifesaver for me. I'm sorry. I love, I love that you that. do that. 
Okay. Well, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? I've been I've been known to announce. <laughs> do you feel unloved? Time. Okay. No. Me and no, I do I know turn- that. Like I know Nicole is very structured with I can meet from here to here and it's like respect the boundary. And I also appreciate Mandy. I'm pretty sure we were out maybe this past summer. And I think it I could be wrong, but I think an alarm went off on your phone. And then about two <laughs> minutes later you got up and laughed. <laughs> that is probably accurate. Yeah. Did Sometimes that happen? I just yeah, prob- yeah. It's I probably that app. It's like emergency. I got to get out of here. Someone call me like a fake call. Like you were like, right. I'm out of this conversation. Something Mary, you probably happened. brought up something weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I love well, that though. Yeah, yeah. Respect the boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes will start like I'll walk into, I mean, I don't do this with like casual friends, but like a good friend's house. I'm like, I'm leaving at 1030. Like, they're like, okay, just hi, good to see you. <laughs> like, yeah, as you yeah. walk across the threshold, just so you know, I'm right. leaving at 1030. And also, hi, right. so good to see you. <laughs> yeah, it does That's sometimes a little look dramatic. Like that. Right. <laughs> I love it. No, but I do think that for people that you know will extend a welcome or make you feel like you can't get out of a conversation because they've been talking about themselves for 3.5 hours. And then time is helpful. It's been helpful for yeah. me and it yeah. helps them to think, okay, well, I know I've got this amount of time and I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, try to compact it in to that amount. Yeah. 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 Keeps things clean. <laughs> it does. I think that people um, feel so much safer when they know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I mean, that's like, it's, it's science, right? When, yeah. when we're not staying on alert all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk about boundaries being um, predictable and kind and clear and not startling anyone. And yeah. it doesn't mean that we are um, really strict and really harsh or anything. We just are clear. That's right. And honest. Yeah. Yeah. Brene Brown says clear is kind. And I think when we're talking about how to set a boundary, you know, if we're getting to the practical nitty gritty of it, it really is. It's not being wishy-washy about it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's being very clear. And it, and if you know what, if someone needs what they are saying that they're able to show up for clearly, then that feels like, okay, now I have a choice. If I want to accept that, and allow, mm-hmm. you know, and make this whatever happen. Or if what they've clearly expressed to me as a boundary is nothing I want to be a part of, then choose to walk the other way. Um, yeah. There was a question too about um, mm-hmm. someone said, I love this topic. Setting boundaries has been a major part of my healing. As a Christian, I would really like to see some biblical examples of healthy boundaries. I haven't heard a lot of teaching on this subject in the church. And I think the clearest kind thing, I mean, Jesus' whole life was boundaries. Mm -hmm. He was clear. I mean, what's the Matthew and Matthew five, I think it said like, you know, simply let your yes be yes, your no be no, anything beyond that's from the evil one. Like that's in essence, Renee Brown's clear is kind. You know, and we've heard it said many times, Mary, you've said it. No is a complete sentence. 
that was Jesus words, Mm, you know? So if you want biblical examples, I mean, he always was, you know, enjoying solitude. He withdrew from the crowds oftentimes to be alone or to meet with his inner circle. Mm -hmm. Um, His life was unhurried. Um, You know, he, I really love how he never gave in to manipulation or entitlement. Mm-hmm. You know, his mom and his brothers were always you know, trying to use their relationship to pull him away from the crowd that he was ministering to. And he never gave in to that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think like all of those things that, that he showed us, there's so much biblical example simply in the life of Jesus, which in the Christian church is the most important one to follow. Right. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just how to say no to people and how to speak truth in love and how to live within your personal limitations. He knew his limitations and he responded to them. And then mm-hmm. did the most amazing miracles of all time. So, right, yeah, I love that. Clear as kind, knows knows a complete sentence. Yeah, yeah. Even um, the, <laughs> I think kind of elaborating on that just for a moment is mm-hmm. noticing Mary and Martha and how Jesus interacted with them. Yeah. One who is like serving out of obligation, right? Yes, this is what we're yes. supposed to do. How mm-hmm. we're supposed to host. And the other one who was like, I just want to be in his company yeah. and yeah. saying to her, like saying to Martha, like, stop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where we want you. Like we want the company. And so if we sort of move that into modern day um, translation, our interaction doesn't have to be by the books. It doesn't have to be the expectation or the norm. It's just, I just want to be in your company. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to build a relationship with you rather than have it all just be the way we expect it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those who maybe are in ministry or leadership roles, you know, you're constantly surrounded by needs. I think there's even examples there biblically of right where, you know, Jesus rhythm of life, kept him free from burnout. Um, and he was never pressured by the needs. I mean, there's needs everywhere he went. He could have healed, you know, everybody needs healing. He could have been mm-hmm. constantly, you know, on the defensive, always overextending himself and, you know, just getting tired and never taking a break until the, he was forced to, right. But, but he didn't, he, he lived on the, the offensive and, he was still always nice to people, but he, he, he boundaried himself so that he could do the work that he was sent to do mm-hmm. without burning out. Yeah. 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 That's so true. And thinking about how he prioritized, like he loved the people he was among the people. And then he was with a few of his friends and mm-hmm. then he was with, you know, alone and um, making like good examples of that, um, that there's mm-hmm. times for all of it. Yeah. And none of it is good all the time. It's not good to always be alone or always be with the crowd, but mm-hmm. noticing how we have to sort of prioritize and, and manage that. 
That's right. Yeah. He really did pay attention to the priorities and he prioritized his personal needs, sometimes even over the needs of other people. Um, And he Mm -hmm. did so without feeling guilty. He knew when the time was right to show grace, to respond to the needs around him, um, to not be interrupted. You know, not every Mm -hmm. crisis situation was a crisis to him. And also you think of some of the people that he ministered to, he often required them to make steps before he would, Mm -hmm. you know, for their healing, pick up your mat and walk, you know, asking Mm -hmm. them, is this something you really want? (laughs) So oftentimes, especially people in ministry or the uh, helping professions, it's like you create a problem that someone else doesn't even see as a problem because you want to solve it. We're all out here trying to solve everybody's problems and we're getting burnt out and exhausted. And they didn't even really see it as a problem or they weren't even looking for a solution, but we're over here bending our backs backwards. You know what I mean? So I think there's so many great examples in that way. So hopefully the, that is helpful for that answer. Um, Something else I was thinking about. Oh, please. No, go ahead. No, you. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about like the trust that we have to exercise. This part is really hard for setting boundaries, I think. And when you were talking about Jesus kind of stepping away and obviously swarmed with needs, some of walking away is trusting yourself but trusting that other people will be present to meet needs we can get so ahead of ourselves and kind of full of ourselves and thinking like it's me if I don't meet the need who will that's right yeah and I you know Mm -hmm. I hate to tell you but somebody will that's right (laughs) somebody will like I if I miss out, if that's not what I'm able to do or how I'm going to show up, someone else will be there. Mm-hmm. It's just the savior complex. As the two uh, with the Enneagram, <laughs> let's talk about that pride a little bit. How we do as twos feel like, like, I got to be the savior. I got to do it. I got to swoop in. And, and I want to believe that, you know, the majority of my heart is coming from a good place. But there is a part of me that's unhealthy. Um, that thinks I have to do it. And in my healing journey and in awareness, when I had that itch to think it's gotta be me, it's gotta be me. It's gotta be me. I just pause in that moment. I pray. I'm like, God, I know there's someone like at the next stoplight or at the next phone call at that resource center, there's someone else that's going to be able to take care of that. So when I have the itch to do, I just stop and pray. And I'm like, God, thank you for whoever that next person is. Cause I can't do it all. And I just have to check myself a little bit, you know, in that moment. So, which is hard. (laughs) Thanks for your confession. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's a good example. It's a good example though, because it's really true. And we have Mm -hmm. to step back from the belief that if it's not me, it's nobody. Yeah. That's just not how it goes. Not real. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so often it's just like a band-aid that's going to get another bandaid somewhere else from somebody else. And it's a lot of wasted time and energy. And I hate saying that because yes, we are oftentimes used in the lives of others to bring hope or comfort or whatever, but, but yeah, taking a step back and 
like their emergency is not my emergency. That's been a big help to me. And if it's not fitting into my life right now, or if it's going to pull me away and take the energy away from other things um, that are a priority right now, then yes, I'm going to just try to trust that something else will come along. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's good. Thanks for sharing that, Mary. That was very vulnerable. Um, it reminds me a little bit, Mandy, of one of my favorite illustrations from our Unleash film, where mm. um, I took one of your teachings and incorporated it into um, one of our week sessions. And that is the F that jar, or for mm-hmm. those of you who yes. embrace language and use it for emotion. It's the fuck that jar. Mm-hmm. And could you explain what that is? It's been very eye-opening to many survivors and helpful. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I got a little bit of pushback on the strong language, but we have strong feelings, so we have language to match it. Yes. Um, so the the F that jar, the fuck that jar, um, honestly was rooted a lot in my own frustration Um in sitting with clients who were like telling me the rules of their life. Like they weren't saying these are the rules of my life, but they were demonstrating them and saying like, well, I have to show up for that. And if I don't um, go over and take care of my aunt's farm this weekend, like I'll be, and it's just this whole elaborate thing because we really value showing up for people's, business or farmer and I would say like because it was completely out of alignment it's always completely out of alignment um from what I knew of them mm-hmm. and I would say uh is that where does that idea come from and then they would have to pause for a while and come back and be like yeah that's just what my my mom did for a long time and then when she couldn't do it anymore it was mine and it was always like clearly not theirs and so the f that jar came out of wanting to um put it where it belongs if there's a thought I have like I absolutely have to show up for this thing that I hate and don't want to do anymore well fuck that (laughs) it doesn't belong to me like go go put it away or, mm-hmm. or, and so people, you know, that I've worked with often have like a literal jar in their house where they jot things down and, and toss it away mm-hmm. and just notice like this thing that I've held on to for so long, mm-hmm. is not mine? It doesn't align. It's not my value. I don't actually care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do it like out of some kind of reflex. Yeah. Um, and, and often those reflex become reflexes become burdensome. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop and be like, wait, what? Why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's really freeing. And one thing that has come up in many of our groups is the ability to put something into the jar. It's not serving you today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't served you for a long time, but a, a lot of survivors have a hard time like 
setting it on fire and just being done with it all together. So it's like, I remember one of our survivors said, is it okay if we leave the lid off of the jar? Cause like, I might want to pick it up later this week, just cause sometimes it's cozy. It's comforting. Cause it's something I've always done. I've mm-hmm. always known I've found an identity in it, even though it's not anything I want to identify with, but yeah, sometimes it just feels good to not make it so black and white, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that's a really important thing because, mm-hmm. um, as I shared in the beginning, I've just become wildly stubborn about my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can be a little blind to remembering like how hard it is to start doing that. And so I love the good reminders from, from the women in Unleash or, um, other clients that, that we have to start out slow. And some of it is evaluating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is okay to keep going with things that, that are meaningful to you or important. Um, but that one thing I like to remember, if you're thinking about setting boundaries today, we can only add to our toolbox. We cannot take away from it. Mm-hmm. So if you, if your tool is being past aggressive and, and holding back your truth and you feel like that keeps you safe. There is no thing that can take away from what you already have, these tools that you already have. So if we're going to add a boundary and say, I'm going to review my calendar before I say yes, that's just going to be a thing I practice for a while. You can always go back to being passive aggressive and resentful if you want to. That tool isn't going to be magically disappear. The yeah. thing that, because if it has kept you safe or you feel like it has kept you safe, we can't take away. We can only add. And if someday you got to go back to that, that's okay. Mm, yeah. We're just giving ourselves more choices as we grow and gain more tools. Yeah. 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 You can pick up yeah. the ones that are kind of bitey and mm-hmm. not real helpful if you want, right. but there's other options. Like there's a newer tool there or a healthier yeah. tool or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For my scrappier clients who have a history of fist fights. If you got to go back to that, it's going to still be there, right? Yeah. But you're you're going to have a lot of other um, healthier, more with less consequences kinds of tools, um, mm-hmm. you know, than just being able to have a scrappy mm-hmm. little fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Thanks, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking before we met this morning, um, just about oftentimes the people that we're setting boundaries with, you had already said, they're people that we care about. They're people that we love. And we're just trying to figure out how to be more healthy with them, how to, mm-hmm. um, have our own show up as ourselves and not just becoming morphing into what they want us to be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and I was thinking how a lot of times those people, actually have reasons why maybe they act the way that they do that we don't want to participate in. Right. And so sometimes we can actually have compassion for how they are showing up in a relationship, even though we don't want it. I Mm -hmm. mean, a lot of times survivors, we have more empathy for people than others do. Um, And so we can on honestly, sometimes feel empathy for people, even though they're treating us like crap, because we're like, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
they've gone through that and that's why, or this person did this to them. And so this explains why they're, you know, stepping on my face, basically, you know, it's like, yeah. so I'm going to feel a little bit of empathy for them. Um, but I think one thing that's been important to remember in that space is that we can have, it's like a both and I love both ends. We can have compassion for someone's experience. Um, but it doesn't mean that we have to accept it into our life. It doesn't mean that we have to allow it to cross a boundary for us. So we can look at it on the other side of the fence that we've built um, and and feel something towards it. But it doesn't mean that they can cross the fence with it. And what I think that means is that we can have compassion for ourselves as much as we have compassion for the other side of the fence. One of my friends, um, she's a counselor and we were actually more specifically talking about kids and just how we navigate parenting them. But I think this can be applied to relationships with adults as well. It's, uh, boundaries with mercy, boundaries with mercy. She's talking about how much kids need that they need like that soft place to land, but then also like kids thrive on boundaries and, you know, rules and all of that. And that goes for adults too. So like you said, they're having compassion, having mercy, but also like, this is, this is where it stops. You know, this is where my thing is, but man, I love you from here. And Mm -hmm. I get your childhood was, was crummy. I can see you. And that's one thing that's helped me a ton is specifically some men in my life who've been challenging and, um, you know, in different areas is seeing them as the little boy who, you know, whether it was an alcoholic parent or they were uh, emasculated or whatever it is having compassion for that. But also I'm not going to let you treat me like garbage because you're acting out of your pain. I'm not Mm -hmm. here for that, but I'll care for you from a safe distance, like Mm -hmm. arm length distance, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I was just thinking of that thought from my counselor friend when you said that. Yeah. 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 We can have compassion while also setting a boundary. Both Mm -hmm. are possible. Yeah. We don't want to hoard our empathy, but we don't want to give it all away either. There should be some empathy for ourselves in and setting those mm-hmm. boundaries that like, you know, I keep thinking as, as we talk about this, that um, setting boundaries, if you're the first person in your family or in your, you know, immediate family to set limits and say like, this is what I'll do and how I'll show up it's no light thing. And probably for most people is a point of generational healing, which is my favorite topic mm. that I would be willing to tell someone I love no to preserve our relationship That's right. at its best. Yeah. That is like, and then your kids see you do that. Mm-hmm. And then they see like, oh, I have some choices here. And you're talking about shifting like the dynamics and the mental health and the trauma for an entire generation and moving forward in a different way than looking back and saying like, well, my mom did that and her mom did that and her mom did that. And this is how we do it. If it doesn't fit and you start to adjust, it shifts everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. In fact, I'm probably going to want to have you back to talk about that. Um, 
the month of April, we're going to do a three-part series with a survivor, and she's going to really unpack a lot of what that generational healing looks like um, Mm -hmm. and setting those boundaries. And it's a whole new thing because for generations, no one did that. So it feels so foreign to the family, but to the children, it's a whole Mm -hmm. new way of life. I mean, once one generation chooses, this is how we do it the next generation reaps all the rewards. And isn't it so much more important to like change the way of life for our kids than it is to please all the old people in our life? hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Right. They yeah, have their yeah. chance. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. But it taps into a lot of the inner child stuff too, Mandy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's saying I can have, I can care for those people, all these people in my life, and I can see where they're at and why they got here. And I can love them so hard, but I'm also seeing the little me and what she deserves. And she doesn't deserve for unhealthy, toxic, dysfunctional people to just take advantage of her for the rest of forever. Like current me is going to stand up and say, no, here's the line. I love you. And I'm so sorry for all you've gone through. And I hope you get that stuff worked out. (laughs) But for me in my house. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Nicole, when you said that, I mean, I kind of got chills thinking about, you know, we talked, we've talked a little bit about that inner child, but now utilizing this opportunity to be the grown up who stands up and says, we do not owe anyone anything. We do not owe anyone full access to our lives, to our energy, to our body, to our voice. No, we are not doing it this way. And even if it feels scary and confusing and we're not sure where to go from here, being the adult that puts in that, puts in that boundary, whatever it might be, and says, we're not doing that anymore, is that inner child part of us that's hearing, maybe for the first time, man, there's a grown up who cares Ooh, about us. That's right. Yeah. And for so many survivors listening that didn't have that parent, yeah. I think it's really important to know you can reparent yourself in yes. that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can be and often are already the parent you needed the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And might I add for survivors also listening, you may need to hear that if someone didn't believe, Mm -hmm. didn't believe you, if someone in your life told you that it was your fault, if someone in your circle of friends made you feel ashamed of what you've gone through, made you feel dirty. Um, If someone in your family ever said something like you must've put yourself in that situation, deserved it, asked for it. If someone ever told you that you needed to forgive and move on. um, If anyone has done that, they get a boundary. (laughs) They get a boundary, they get a boundary, they get a boundary because <laughs> yeah. they, that is level one. That's step one. That's like rookie season. You can't show up for me. You don't get access to the inner circle. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of survivors are, are unsure of that. 
you know, like, well, they're, they're in this role. They, in my life, they hold this position and yeah, like they didn't believe me or they made me feel like, you know, it was partly my fault or, or they always tell me not to bring this up. Listen, mm-hmm. no, yeah. no, they didn't pass the test. They don't make the team. Nope. Yeah. They're cut. That's right. It doesn't mean they're yeah. cut from your life, but they're certainly cut from having any close intimate relationship with you and you are allowed to set every boundary you want. And that does include cutting them out of your life. It does. That's right. I, um, one of the questions that I think has been really helpful for me, um, in working with other people, setting boundaries is it's such a funny pattern to me that people will come in and tell me all of the things they disagree with about their parent or their, whoever the person is, right their in-laws, their parent, whatever. And then they're like telling me what a scoundrel they are. And then they're like, in the next sentence, like, but I have to meet every expectation they have. (laughs) And I will say to them, do you, do you want your life to look like theirs? And they're like, no, like appalled. (laughs) Like I haven't been listening. And I, then the follow-up is then, why are they in the front row? Like, why is their voice the one that we're trying to quiet or calm or expectations we're trying to meet? I don't even want their life. Like, it's not appealing, attractive. There's nothing about it. Mm -hmm. There's some confusion there. And I, and I always say to, to folks, the best thing about being an adult is you get to pick your family now. So you have this family of origin and maybe it didn't go well for you. And there's a lot of pain there, but now you get to decide who are the people that Mm -hmm. I, I want around me, whose voices do I want impacting me and all of that and moving forward from there, rather than this is what I was given. I'm going to make the best of it. Mm -hmm. But also just to go back for a second, Nicole, to what you were saying, I thought about the survivors who you know, we've, we've talked with so many that it's cloudy. Like, did, did I experience this and these questions that I doubt myself? And so if, you know, going back to the self boundaries thing, if part of what's going on is like, I'm not sure about my story and I can't figure it all out or the details feel fuzzy and we, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a trauma response in there. If your voice, your own voice has been one of doubt and disbelief. What boundary do we set in place for that to say, you don't have to figure any of it out, but we're mm-hmm. going to start by sitting with, I believe this much. Yeah. I yeah. believe, I believe me. I, yeah. I believe me mm-hmm. and, and sitting with that and not just rushing to, well, if I can't remember, or if, I, if it feels fuzzy, then it must not be, no, just like just sit and, and start yeah. with, I believe myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's such a, that's a big one that comes up a lot, I think for survivors. So thank you so much for tenderly speaking to that. It's mm-hmm. really important. Um, I loved how you talked about, you know, why are you giving these people the front row? Cause I really just picture like, like a movie theater or, you know, like a stage or something like that. And like, all of these ridiculous clowns sitting in the front seat, you know, and 
like the light isn't, that's all you can see. They're illuminated. But like, what if we were to say, Hey, can all y'all clowns go back and get some popcorn and come back in maybe like 10 minutes? Because that's all you, all you can see is them. They get the front row, they get the priority and everything. But then Mm -hmm. if you are able to put them in the back for a little bit, send them to the lobby, right? You Mm -hmm. begin to notice the light starts shining and you see all these other people who have been willing to show up for you, who can replace this clown and this clown. And you've got all these people that you could bring them to the front. Y'all, y'all come on. There's a seat up here, you know, Yeah. see what that feels like for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Speaking from Mm -hmm. my own experience um, and basically being in the situation you were just sharing there, Mandy, and I'm like, I just feel that like feeling of strangulation because I am currently living that with someone in my life. And it's funny when you're talking about people in the front row and they know me the least. That's what's so mind blowing is Mm. you don't even know who I am. You don't ask Mm. about me. I don't share parts of my heart. It's insane. But because like you said, fill in the blank, they've always played this role in my life. We give them access still to keep that, that communication, that relationship, the visiting going And I I just sometimes step back. I'm like, you don't even know who I am, (laughs) but you've had VIP my entire life. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. And I'm living it, you know? The first step is acknowledging it. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so much that we never really stop to reevaluate, right? Like we take for granted, like this is my front row. Uh, I don't have anything in common with them. I don't share the same values. I'm not like, we, yeah. we, we, we even run out of things to talk about. Oh, right. Completely. But then- <laughs> how many times can I talk about the Buckeyes for crying out loud? Like seriously. <laughs> yeah. And the weather. So, <laughs> right. So like it, Nicole, to your point, if we were just to say like, okay, the clowns can still be in the room but we're going to give you a different seat. Mm. And then you move people who, um, who you look at their life and you think, I, I want a little bit of what they have. Mm -hmm. Like I want their influence. I want their opinion. Their wisdom would be beneficial for me. They respect my boundaries. They show up in a different way. They remember little things and, Mm -hmm. and I feel loved and safe and cared for by them. Yeah. What, what a difference. We're not yeah. saying like the clowns got to go. That's or right. unsafe. They do. Right. But yeah. Yeah. we're saying like, let's rearrange, mm-hmm. let's rearrange what um, influence looks like in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think it can begin just a, as a practice, just who's getting priority right now and maybe just bump it back a little bit and mm-hmm. see who else is showing up that may be a better first string player. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Well, I don't want to take up. Actually, I do. I want to take up all of your time. Do you have a Let's boundary? Respect her boundaries. Or... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, no, but I just I've been personally thinking about this, and I, I, uh, I tweeted this a few days ago because it's something that I've been doing on my journey is understanding that as we continue, healing is a lifelong journey. So as we continue on this healing, we are seeing change happen and a lot of changes around boundaries, right? Like we, Mm -hmm. we begin to have different expectations of people, of ourselves, 
Um, we set new boundaries as we get healthier, but with all of that kind of change, there's a loss there Mm -hmm. and loss means that something is dying off. So if you're setting a boundary, like there is something that's going to die there Mm -hmm. and to not just overlook that. I think that part of setting boundaries is meaning we have to be willing to grieve some losses, grieve some changes. It's not easy as my point. Mm-hmm. Um, and to not run from the grief, because I do think it's part of it mm-hmm. and noticing in my healing journey has been really important noticing, you know, how I'm feeling about this and being okay with the feeling, noticing how people are responding and then what that's doing to me. You know, it's not just big, bold moves, A lot of times it's Mm -hmm. little small changes, but with small changes, there is pruning that's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's part of the rebirth. You know, we're being born into something new. The thing that we long to be comes through change, comes through boundaries, comes through expectations, but all of that requires loss and loss requires grief and grief Mm -hmm. requires sitting with something, but you will become the thing you want to become. I do believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, that's so true. And grieving, we might be grieving someone's unconditional approval, like, Mm -hmm. or the perception of that, right? And Mm -hmm. for all of the people who ask questions about, I mean, again, guilt was the number one word that showed up when we we asked for people's feedback. Mm-hmm. And I want to be realistic and say, you're going to feel guilty when you say no. Yeah, that's good. You're going yeah. to feel guilty, but feeling guilty and being guilty are not the same thing. Mm. Feeling like you let someone down is, um, is manageable. Sit with it. Like you said, Nicole, we have to sit with some of it. And eventually people will expect us in a positive way, expect that we have boundaries and they can adjust and learn and grow around and with us. Mm. And eventually it just feels like, well, that's what she does. <laughs> that's Goodness, what she does. Mandy, she sets boundaries. That is a word because in my past life, you know, in my high school, college, you know, early twenties, even into my thirties, I would have felt like an evil person. If someone had expected boundaries out of me or said, that's just what she does. I would think I am horrible. I am not anything good in me, you know, but Mm, yeah, in the last, I mean, I turned 40 and I'll tell you what the boundaries and all that stuff gets turned up. Like the dial gets real quick. Like there's something about that. Yeah. (laughs) But in the last couple of years, I've had so many people say to me, like an email from a survivor or just one of my friends in passing will be like, um, I know that you have like really high boundaries or I know that you have good boundaries or da, da, da. that's like the, how to start the sentence. But I was wondering if it's like the acknowledgement of that. I feel so like good about Mm -hmm. that. What a compliment. I feel it's a compliment (laughs) now. And I, in my old self, before I understood that and embraced it, 
oh my gosh, that would have felt yucky to me. Be like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry that you felt like that. No way. Like, I'm so glad that you've noticed that. And thank you for acknowledging it. And now I feel like I can step into who I am and give you the best part of me because you already know whatever I tell you I'm going to do. I really mean it. Yeah. Yes. And it's so funny. I'm the same way, Nicole. Like there's something about 40, but also like kind of ramping up to that, that it was like sort of empowering. And now when people talk about my boundaries, the words that they use um, often revolve around trust. Like Mm -hmm. I trust you because you, yeah, you've set these boundaries Mm -hmm. and yeah, um, I've told you that before. I trust, I don't second guess it when you tell me you're going to do something or when you tell me you want to, you know, participate in whatever, I don't second guess whether you're doing it out of obligation or to make me happy. I don't, because I know, I know how your boundaries are and I just let it go. I don't overanalyze it. I take it and I pack it away. I'm like, okay, well, she'll do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and I love that. And that's such a good example because, you know, as if you're listening and you're thinking about setting some new boundaries, um, one of them might have to be, I'm not going to explain it to somebody. Right. And because then it's like, oh, I got to make them get it. And we talked a little bit about that earlier. We don't, we can just say no and they're going to sort it out. And eventually, eventually it works out. I say that all the time. It's really hard. And eventually it just makes sense and it works out and mm-hmm. feels better. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause the feelings do follow, but at first they, they feel overwhelming, but the good feelings will follow. That's right. Because that's what, that's why they're important. That's why it's important we do this because we get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also begin to recognize it in others and stop second guessing other people's limitations. You're like, it's just a boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even about, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. 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 It helps you to, um, yeah, to trust other people's word. And then also I've, I've noticed in my life what sparked me to wanting to really start it. Well, two things, one being pissed at people too much all the time like yeah. that. Yeah. The anger will drive you the not caring anymore. You get to a point where you just don't care anymore. But the other one, that's the good side of it was I noticed the people that I really respected, the people that I looked up to, the people that I wanted to model my life, my living off of the way they balanced their life were people who had very good, clear boundaries, didn't overextend, um, weren't wishy-washy with their boundaries mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the people that I really looked up to. And I'm like, well, they're doing, they're all doing that. Yeah. So let me try it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see good boundaries in action, it's like really attractive. Yes. Absolutely. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's like, I want to be around that more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not confusing. Yeah. Like right. you said, it's safe and it's comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Clear as kind. Oh, yeah. this is really good. Thank so you, good. Mandy. I love Thanks this for conversation. Yeah, I know you mm-hmm. like talking about this. I do too. Mary doesn't really, but dang, you did today. 
Well, yeah, it's because it, it hits too close to home. And I'm just like, <laughs> I need to do it more. I've gotten better in the last even several months, but oh, it just, it hits because I struggle with this so much. Oh, so much. But it's so, this conversation was like a cozy blanket and it just mm. it felt good. And it's where yeah. I want to get to. And we've got to have hard conversations to change. So bring That's it right. on. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> That's you know, be right. 40 this year. Go. So holla. Okay. <laughs> the year of the boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mandy. Would you be interested in our followers connecting with you or is that a boundary you'd like to set in place? <laughs> no that's great what's <laughs> that's totally fine um I mean don't like show up at my house or anything but okay all right well let yeah. people know how they can find you if people want to connect you can find me on instagram at porchlight columbus um so that's my professional one that's the easiest way to find me excellent well thank you will you come back sometime will well yeah okay yeah well thank you so much mandy we'll catch right, you next thanks. time Sounds good. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked. Even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org. 